Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Did you think Dwayne Haskins of Washington should be worst of the weekend for taking a selfie before the game was over with fans? Former Washington quarterback Joe Theismann thinks so. Called it unprofessional and wrong. If I were the Washington coach, I'd address it. I wouldn't put him in the doghouse. I would say don't do that again, though. Don't only play 16 regular season games. For that many plays, those several hours, 16 times a year, your focus needs to be on the field, dude. Congratulations on your first win as an NFL quarterback. Washington has only two in a 2-9 and nine season. It wasn't the worst of the weekend for me, but it wasn't a good look either for a franchise that has stumbled into too many of the wrong headlines. The former Washington quarterback Joe Theismann calling out Dwayne Haskins. Meanwhile, Jerry Jones of the Cowboys called out his own head coach, Jason Garrett, after they lost at New England. Joey Sly, the Panthers kicker, getting the most votes for worst of the weekend. As we look forward to Mac Brown of the Tar Heels dropping by live in about 12 minutes, we do have open lines for the first time in a long time. Best and worst of the weekend means what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe over the last several days and why. What was the worst thing you saw and why? As we wish you all an early happy Thanksgiving, we take your calls from almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We've gotten votes on the NFL. Niners, Patriots, Seahawks, Saints, and even the lowly New York Jets have three straight wins. They beat the Raiders yesterday. Oakland was, and I guess technically still is, battling for a playoff spot in the AFC. At the college level, Ohio State beat Penn State. Georgia beat Texas A&M. Arizona State upset Oregon. Whether you like the four-team playoff or you prefer an eight-team playoff or maybe what they do at lower levels, even larger playoffs than that, you have to like this aspect of the college football season as the next committee rankings are due out, remember, tomorrow night, and as the new AP poll for college basketball fans just came out a little bit earlier this afternoon. Lines open if you want in with your best or worst of the weekend or you want to chime in on the Joey Sly, Jason Garrett, Dwayne Haskins, and other headlines of the weekend that was. Duke is still atop the AP poll. Louisville of the ACC is number two. Carolina is six, and UVA is seven. So four of the top seven teams in the country are deemed to be ACC schools. No other representation for the ACC in today's top 25, although I think Florida State and others, C.J. Bryce and the Wolfpack got another win this weekend. So the pack is 5-1 and one under Kevin Keats as I think they're headed back to the NCAA tournament this year. We'll see as the competition gets tougher. Coach K and Duke won again, actually twice up at Madison Square Garden, dominated Cal, and then in a closer game beat Patrick Ewing's Georgetown team. 81-73 was the finale or the final on Friday at Madison Square Garden. Freshman center Vernon Carey paired with sophomore point guard Trey Jones. That is one heck of a killer combo already. It's not even the end of November yet, and I think Coach K, piece by piece, Cassius Stanley on the wing. Trey Jones, we all knew, was really good uh, and has improved his game offensively. Uh, Stanley plus Carey. We'll see how Matthew Hurt comes along. The veterans on the bench know their roles and usually perform them well. Duke at number one again. How often have we seen that? And remember, Mike Krzyzewski this weekend broke John Wooden's record, the legendary Wizard of Westwood. Most victories as the coach of a number one team. Yet one more list that Mike Krzyzewski finds his name at the top of. Devil's dangerous moving forward. The Tar Heels are in the Bahamas for this entire Thanksgiving week. The Wolfpack has a matchup 
against Memphis on Turkey Day in Brooklyn, 1-800-849-2761. Others in the top 10 on the AP poll that just came out. Michigan State is still third, Kansas 4, Maryland 5, Gonzaga 8, Kentucky 9, Ohio State 10. Those are 10 really good teams, obviously. I don't think there are any super heavyweights in college basketball right now. If you watch some of that sport over the weekend, when number seven UVA played just a middling Arizona State team, they're not bad, they're not great, just a nice solid team from Pac-12 country, that was a three-point nail-biter for the Cavaliers. And when Louisville played Akron, this is the number two team in the country, I think they, the Cardinals, and Duke are the two with the highest ceilings. You know, Final Four potential, national championship potential. I like UVA and UNC. I'm not sure they have that much this year. We'll see. Long way to go. But when UVA played Arizona State, it was a three-point game. When number two Louisville played Akron, like just another team, it was a six-point game. That's the way college basketball is going to be this year. For the most part, the Hoyas of Georgetown were, were better than I thought. Georgetown beat unbeaten Texas just to get to that MSG championship game against the Blue Devils. Patrick Ewing needed to be restrained because he didn't like the way the Zebras were calling that matchup. 81-73 the final for Coach K and the Blue Devils over the Hoyas. One more non-conference resume builder for the number one, number one team in the country. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. As we look forward to Mac Brown dropping by here shortly. Quickly from college football, closer to home. The biggest dreams have already fallen by the wayside for most of the teams that we cover. There are only a few exceptions. For Carolina, remember, the history part of this season is really about Sam Howell. The guy has 32 touchdown passes. That is the most for any true freshman in the history of FBS football. That is just an amazing accomplishment for a guy coming out of high school here in North Carolina, remember, he was originally committed to Florida State University. And Florida State, as you know, has had its turmoil. And Sam Howell changed his mind. Mac Brown got the Carolina job. He was more intrigued by the Mac Brown-led Tar Heels than he had been the Larry Fedora-led Tar Heels. And sure enough, it wasn't signing day yet. He flipped his commitment, signed with the Tar Heels, won the starting job. And here he is setting, in this case, the all-time record, 32 touchdown passes, most for a true freshman in FBS history. The other history that has a chance to be made is at places like App State and North Carolina A&T and Wake Forest. And if you follow the little guy, as I like to do, Lenore Ryan as well. Shout out to Will Healy and the Charlotte 49ers. That is a relatively new program in Conference USA. He's a dynamic, young, charismatic coach, and he joined us when he took the job, and he talked about his high hopes right out of the gate. Yeah, we're building. Everybody knows we've never been to a bowl game, but we hope to be really good right away. And remember, they went and played App State, a great team in the Sun Belt, and actually put up a good fight. Most people were surprised by the final score there. Well, they didn't beat App State, but they just surprised Marshall in conference play getting to six wins with a week to play. It is the first bowl in the history of that school. So credit to Will Healy and Charlotte for that. Credit to Sam Howell and the Tar Heels for their accomplishment. Wake beat Duke this weekend, getting to eight and three. I know this is a different kind of history, but if they beat the Orange at Syracuse this Saturday, and then you find out what bowl you're assigned to, you'd be nine and three at that point. If you win the bowl game, you're 10-win season. Now, Dabo Sweeney does that every year at Clemson. They've only done it at Wake one time in the history of the school. So Dave Clawson, 
solid years in the past. Never a 10-win season with the Demon Deacons. They still have that shot after beating Duke on Saturday. North Carolina A&T not only crushed rival NC Central, we were there with the big tailgate tour. Final score, 54 to nothing. They created this postseason game called the Celebration Bowl five years ago. Matches the MEAC champ against the SWAC champ. Both conferences consist of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. This bowl is designed to be basically the HBCU National Championship. The champion from each of the two key HBCU leagues. Who has represented the MEAC four of the five years this game has been in existence? North Carolina A&T. First under Rod Broadway, nowadays under their head coach Sam Washington. They are going back to the Celebration Bowl. They will face the SWAC champion. And they are there for the fourth time in five years. And you all know the App State story. Everybody knew they'd beat Texas State this weekend. They need to win their regular season finale, win the Sun Belt title game. And then if they get, they just got some help this weekend, they need other group of five conference champions or those expected to win conference championships to keep losing. And one by one, teams are taking their second losses. And as you look at it right now, App State's already in the committee top 25 and rising probably in tomorrow night's rankings. They need to keep rooting against 10-1 and Boise State in the Mountain West, root against 10-1 and Cincinnati and 10-1 and Memphis in the American. They actually play each other this weekend, so one of them obviously has to lose. And maybe the winner of that game loses in the American title game. And then it's App State against a bunch of two-loss resumes for that group of five spot in the New Year's Day Bowl. We'll see. Two weeks to go, basically, before we, we will know all of those answers. Mac Brown on the other side. More of your best and worst of the weekend after our visit with the second-time head coach of the Tar Heels. He built an 11-1 top five in the final polls team in the late 90s before taking the Texas job and winning a national championship with the Longhorns. Mac is back and taking his Tar Heels to rival NC State on Saturday. We'll be there with the big tailgate tour. Heels must win to make a bowl in year one of part two of the Mac Brown era. The coach of the Tar Heels joins us live next on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Our next guest has already been to the top of the mountain in college football, helped Texas to a national championship. He is back in Chapel Hill. His Tar Heels were on the winning end of a 56-7 game on senior day on Saturday. They are headed to NC State to revive an old rivalry against the Wolfpack. Mac Brown was part of that from the late 80s to the late 90s before he took off for Texas. He is back and in form and already the Tar Heels are one of only eight programs in the country that sold out their entire home schedule. The Wolfpack game, of course, is on the road. Mac Brown, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I know you still have business to attend to in terms of the Wolfpack, but uh, did it exceed even your own expectations that you all are one of only eight in the entire country that sold out every home game? David, it really did. Our, our, I challenged our fans this spring. They stepped up. They bought all the tickets that were available all year. We had some great fans come on Saturday, but I understand Mercer, and I understand it being cold and wet. Yeah. 
but some of them didn't stay long enough. Some of them didn't show up, so I got a little mad at them. <laughs> so we got we still got some work to do, but we're going to move the uh, FCS games <clears throat> up to the front of the season and and not play them as late anymore. Uh, so it'll it'll be starting the season or in the first couple of games rather than at the end, and I think people will, will appreciate that better. But uh, our fans have been unbelievable. These kids have fought every week. I, I don't know that I've ever been around a team that's as much like the other teams in our league that has played this hard just about every week. It's It's been amazing. Most of the teams I've been around were good enough they didn't have to play hard all the time. Uh, but we, we have to. And, and even Saturday against a lesser opponent, uh, they played to a standard. They got the game over early. Yeah. We got to play everybody. It was done like it was supposed to be. Mac Brown joining us on the David Glenn Show. If the Heels can beat the Pack on Saturday, they will be bowl eligible. You told us back this summer, Coach, that, of course, there was some rebuilding to be done. You did not inherit the stacked cupboard, proverbially, right? But you also said, hey, a bowl is a very realistic goal. You, you, you even almost described it as disrespecting the seniors if you uh, thought about it in any other way. Now that you are on the cusp needing one more win, how do you describe that locker room? How do you, you know, some people can't think that a 5-6 and six team has something that means the world to them. But I imagine if you look at guys who've been emptying their effort bucket for four years or five years, uh, maybe that's exactly what it means to them. David, my first comment when I took the job, it'll be a year uh, on uh, the 28th of this month. How about that? Wow. Hard Happy anniversary. Past it's gone. <laughs> I told the seniors we weren't rebuilding. This was their last opportunity. It's unfair to seniors if you come in and say, we're going to rebuild and then shove the seniors aside and start looking to the future. Uh, but we wanted them to, to have a year to remember. And, gosh, we've had – eight of the closest games that, uh, in college football history since 1936, so they can sure remember those. Their last game in Keenan Stadium was a blowout. They'll remember that and, and all the fun that we had on Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. And now how cool for us that we can have a fun week playing one of our two rivals on the road, um, and, and if we win the game, we get a bowl game. So this is, this is like a playoff for us. So it's a, it's a fun week that's, that's very challenging. Coach, we had Miles Dorn on our show as a guest. It was funny. He told me, Mr. Glenn, I don't want to offend you, but I believe you're the only guy old enough to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with my dad, Torin Dorn. For the record, I was in college at the time. <laughs> and, and with Miles. Uh, but he talked about uh, his, his impression with you, even as somebody whose dad had told him about you. What can you share about Miles himself on senior day or the looks in the rest of those young men's faces. It was rainy. I mean, I, it was a mixed bag, of course. Big win, but kind of ugly circumstances. What was your favorite part beyond the game about just uh, walking these guys to this latter stage of their career? David, we're so close. We're, we're close to winning the Coastal. I mean, I'm, I'll tell the guys in the morning, we go six overtimes at Virginia Tech. Right. Uh, we're down to the last drive with Virginia, and one of those two is going to win the Coastal this weekend. Uh, so we're we're so close that we've got to take the next step. And I thought that there were a number of things that they were happy with themselves on Saturday. We played to a standard when they could have been really flat and stumped. They, they weren't as pleased with how they played in that game against Western Carolina this time last year. Everybody got to play. They They were so happy when one of their teammates – 
uh, made a play. They were happy when Sam broke the uh, yeah. national touchdown record. They were happy for Jake Vargas, who caught a touchdown. It, it's like we'd won the national championship. Hmm. The, a couple of young guys got in that hadn't been in before. They covered kickoffs, knocked somebody down, and the whole bench erupted. So that's another next step. It, it's giving up your selfishness and caring about somebody else on your team and, and not worrying about how many touches you get or uh, and, and all of those things will help us moving forward. You mentioned Sam Howell. For those who did not know, 32 touchdown passes by the Tar Heels. True freshman QB. That is the most in FBS history. Obviously, this is part of the big picture excitement around your program. Uh, I wonder a couple things, Coach. One, can you tell when Sam is happy and excited because he is as he is just as flatliner a personality as you'll almost ever see in a college quarterback? And two, are you surprised at how far he's come this quickly? Because I remember in August for a while, you weren't even sure of the pecking order of your quarterback depth chart with Sam battling against some upperclassmen. I can answer the first one. Usually if he's really, really excited, you might see a smile. <laughs> so that's good. There, I have seen a fist bump. Fist bump. I mean, he just throws it up. And he's, he's strong with it. Um, but he was really happy on Saturday for all the other guys. He was happy that Vincent Amendola, the backup quarterback, got in and got to play. And when Vincent completed his first pass to a freshman tight end, you'd have thought that was more important than his records. And and he's becoming a much better leader. He's confident now. So he'll walk down to the defense and tell them, like, pick it up, need to stop here. And, and he wasn't able to do that earlier in the year. So um, he does have some emotion, but I think he expects this out of himself. I think he grew up with an athletic family, mom and dad athletes at Appalachian State, dad's a coach. I think he grew up thinking this is what he's supposed to do and what he's supposed to be. And He's a gym rat, and he's over here with us all the time when he's not in class. Uh, and then the other thing, there's been tremendous pressure on him because our backup had never played after right. Jace Reuter got hurt. So he can't run. So he's having to do all this in a spread offense where you need quarterbacks making some runs, and Sam just can't at, at this point because uh, we don't have experience behind him. Uh, secondly, am I surprised? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that he is the best to ever do this as a freshman throwing touchdown passes. So um, he, he has exceeded my expectations for sure. And we just need to see that one more week. Mac Brown's joining us. You can follow coach on Twitter at coach Mac Brown. You have been getting even more positive headlines on the recruiting trail. As I remember you doing in the late eighties and early nineties uh, beyond a solid performance on the field. Can you tell, Coach, what all goes into that mix that has so many young people excited? I mean, is it partly Sam Howell? Is it partly the full stadium? Uh, um, you know, five and six is not uh, is not national championship caliber, you know, record. But it seems like you're capturing the attention of the in-state recruits for sure and signing a lot of, uh, you know, prep all-American types even from beyond our state the way you were doing uh, 25 or so years ago. David, I, the, the most important thing, it, it's probably yes to a lot of things you said, yeah. but the most important thing is you need to be the cool place to be. We're selling out the stadium. Our, our fans have shown that football is important here again and that they're going to support it. We'll sell all of our season tickets quickly for next year, and we'll have sellouts again for next year. Guys want to play in front of sellout crowds. Uh, secondly, we, we have a great young quarterback. Everybody wants to win. Yeah, They see it. Thirdly, we've been in every game. We, we took the national championship team to a one-point game. 
We've been in two overtime games. We're going to start winning all those. And and then when you do, it just takes over and you catch fire and you get confident. And, and everybody wants to play uh, at a place that the academics here are, are great. So that that's a, a sell for us. I think it's the most beautiful stadium in the country. And now people care. So And, and they see that we're going to win. Uh, and and I, th- I think everybody knows that the future is really bright here and just there's a lot of fun ahead. Look and at we have we have stability of, of staff because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm through. So when recruits come in here, I can tell them that this is the most stable staff in the country. Most of the guys either played here or coached here, or, uh, and, and they sure don't want to leave. And, and uh, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm, I'm here for the rest of it, and I'm having fun. I'm excited, and I'm planning on doing this a long time. Looking back at your first tenure with the Tar Heels, I, I took note that you lost five in a row to the rival NC State Wolfpack to start, and then you won five in a row uh, before the, your departure for Texas. You know the deal. I mean, if, if Carolina fans made a list of uh, their objections to Larry Fedora, losing four of the last five to the Wolfpack was somewhere on that list. And as NC State fans list their likes about Dave Doran, winning four out of five against the Tar Heels is somewhere on that list. Uh, you've told us about the state championship concept. Uh, you fell to App State and Wake this year. You did beat the Duke Blue Devils. Just how do you describe where the NC State rivalry fits into your bigger picture as you try to keep these trends in the right direction? Well, it's it's really important. We we don't have as many kids on our team from North Carolina as I thought when we got here. And I'm not sure they they got the grasp of how important the Wake Forest game was because we haven't played them. And they didn't understand how good Appalachian State is because we haven't played them. They've played Duke. They understand that rivalry. They've played NC State. Now, we had lost to Duke four out of five times. We've yeah. lost to NC State four out of five times. So we haven't held up our end of, of those rivalries. Beating Duke, getting the bell back, I think they understood how important that was to our fan base. In fact, the bell's down there outside the locker room, and uh, they ring it every day, so they like it. They haven't seen it lately. Yeah. It's important to keep it. And and Dave's done a great job at, at NC State. He, he and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, you have to give him a tremendous amount of credit. And he has put a lot of emphasis on this game, which he should, and, and they've been tougher than us a lot of times in this game. So uh, we're going to have to play well on Saturday night to win. But I think our guys understand now how important this game is to our fan base. Last thing for you, Coach. We were originally describing this game as the bowl bowl because we thought the pack was going to be five and six and you were going to be five and six. And, of course, the winner would get to a bowl and the loser would not. Uh, the pack losing to in Atlanta to Georgia Tech kind of spoiled the bowl bowl nickname. You've been around a long, long, long time. Do you have to remind your players that even though the Wolfpack does not have a bowl to play for, that you are going to get their best effort and their fans' best effort on Saturday night? Well, I think there's three things. Number one, we should be playing to a standard that we play our best regardless of who we're playing. And to be a good team, we have to do that. And fans don't want to hear that, but it's really true. We can't play better than we are. We can play as good as we are, and we still haven't played our best game this year. So that should be our goal for Saturday night. Secondly, we can't worry about uh, NC State not going to bowl when they've beaten us four out of the last five years. We have great respect for them and what they've done, and they've dominated this series of late. And, and thirdly, I will tell our team, if I'm Coach Doran, I'm telling them, 
if you're not going to a bowl, spoil theirs. Yeah, that, that's the that's the next best thing, and and our guys need to beat their rival, and and then we worry about the bowl game afterwards. So I think both teams will be ready to play, and I think it'll be a great game. Mac Brown, thanks for uh, squeezing us in during a busy week. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and your team. Always appreciate the time on the David Glenn Show. Thank you, David. Always appreciate you having me on, and Thanksgiving. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving for everybody, and what a great week for college football. I always love this week so much because it starts on Thursday night and finishes late on Saturday night, and it's some of the best football games that we see during the year. Amen. If you were still a broadcaster, we'd be picking your brain about a dozen different matchups, but we figured we'd keep it about the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels today. Well, I still pick the games with my nine-year-old <laughs> grandson, so I'm, I'm still active. Who's winning, Coach? Who's He's winning between <laughs> two of the last three? So I'm really struggling. <laughs> hey, good good luck against the Wolfpack, Coach. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you, David. You got it. 1-800-849-2761. North Carolina head coach Mac Brown. Uh, a good season, better than many expected on the field so far, but still need to beat the Wolfpack to make that elusive bowl game. Those upperclassmen, it's been a while, right? Last two years, five wins combined under Larry Fedora. So those guys trying to go out on a high note. Four of the last five head-to-head matchups. Of course, no player has been there for all five of these games, but four of the last five have been Wolfpack victories. Remember, Dave Doran's coming off of five straight bowl seasons, and in those five straight bowl seasons, four head-to-head wins over the Tar Heels. So this has been, as, as Coach Brown, I think he used the word tougher team. I think that's the correct phrase. Maybe not every one of those four wins, but Dave Doran's concept of kind of building from the trenches out, and Larry Fedora was kind of more of that air raid type thing. The, the trenches won four out of five times, Doran over Fedora's way. Was, we'll see if Mac Brown can turn that around the way he did in his first tenure with the Tar Heels, again, five straight losses for Mac Brown to state when he got the job in 1988. But then after the five straight losses, five straight wins as he kept cranking out top 25 seasons and eventually the 11-1 and team and 10-win team uh, right before or after that. 21 wins over the course of two seasons. That is, you know, as good a two-year stretch uh, as in the history of UNC football, Mac Brown's signature was all over that 20 years ago. We'll see how far he can take the Tar Heel program after this building block season. Five and six, the Tar Heels, as they head to NC State on Saturday night. Quick reminder, we will be there with the big tailgate tour. It is our final regular season stop, and it will be our final stop involving any of the North Carolina teams. We will be set up next to Backyard Bistro from 3.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Kickoff is 7 o'clock, remember. So 3.30 to 6.30, that gives us and everybody else time to scramble over to Carter-Finley Stadium for the matchup between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. Drop by if you can, and don't forget, we have one more tailgate of the week honor to give out. We don't have one at the ACC title game which will match Clemson against the winner of Virginia, Virginia Tech. Those two play head-to-head on Friday for the Coastal Division title. No tailgate of the week on ACC Championship Saturday. So this Saturday will be our final tailgate of the week honor. To get tailgate of the year honors, you got to be one of our tailgate of the weeks. So if you're an NC State fan or occasionally a visiting team's fan celebration wins tailgate of the week honors if you're a carolina fan and you want us to drop by your tailgate the carolina hurricanes famous storm squad will be with us 
on Saturday as we parade around the parking lots surrounding Carter Finley and as we use that backyard bistro as our home base on Saturday afternoon. 3.30 to 6.30. Come see us or invite us to come see you. Go to BigTailgateTour.com and tell us where you will be if you'd like us to show up and maybe with the tailgate of the week prize. 1-800-849-2761. It remains best and worst of the weekend on this Monday afternoon on the statewide David Glenn Show. I have more of the best things that I saw, Duke and State, and a nice little win by Wake Forest in college basketball. How about a little Luka Doncic? The Dallas Mavericks young star. The Bucks, who have won seven straight in the NBA. The Lakers have won seven straight. The Sixers smacked down former Sixer Jimmy Butler and his new team, the Miami Heat. The Clippers beat the Rockets in one of the best matchups of the NBA weekend. We've hit a lot of the high points in football. Niners, Patriots, Seahawks, and Saints among the best of the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys, head coach Jason Garrett, the Carolina Panthers, place kicker Joey Sly, Dwayne Haskins, the Washington quarterback, best of for his first NFL win, worst of for taking selfies with fans while the team was still executing the final snap of live action. College football, the Buckeyes of Ohio State and the Bulldogs of Georgia getting the most best of the weekend love, but App State, A&T, Wake, Sam Howell of UNC, the Charlotte 49ers, the Division II superpower, Lenore Ryan, getting a little love for the little guy today. They're in the Sweet 16 of the Division II playoffs after a playoff victory on Saturday. They host the Bears do Carson Newman this Saturday in the round of 16. Miami, NC State, Boston College, Oregon, among the disappointments of the college football weekend. A lot of bad in the NFL. The 0-11 Bengals, the Jags, the Giants, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Falcons. There was a lot of best and worst to spread around. We have lines open for the first time in a long time, if you'd like. 1-800-849-2761. The Carolina Hurricanes won twice this weekend. The Charlotte Hornets lost twice. And you all know the sad ending for the Carolina Panthers in New Orleans. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. More of my best and worst of the weekend with more of yours. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. I promise to come right back to your calls, so let's do that now. I've given you my two cents on the weekend that was, for the most part. I have a few more things for you. Deontay Wilder defended his heavyweight boxing championship on Saturday night in Vegas. I think the guy is worth watching. He's still undefeated, 40-plus professional fights. He knocked out Luis Ortiz in the heavyweight title defense. He's got a nice uh, rematch coming up against a guy named Tyson Fury. Only every once in a while does boxing generally or the heavyweight boxing division more specifically come into our sports consciousness. I think this guy is worth watching. He's still in his 30s. He's from Alabama. Uh, Go USA, the heavyweight champion of the world, is an American. Deontay Wilder 
uh, put all of his ferocity into that KO of Luis Ortiz on Saturday night. Why is Shane Battier in the best of the weekend? Well, well, one of the smartest ACC basketball players I've ever witnessed. And I mean, yes, he was a good student in the classroom, but I mean basketball IQ as well. Some of you were driven crazy by his charge-taking and other high IQ methodology. But he was as good as it gets as an All-American player for Mike Krzyzewski. We knew months ago that he was going into the Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend. Former Duke star Shane Battier getting some best of the weekend love for somewhat different reasons. You can be next with yours at 1-800-849-2761. Matt is in Durham. Mike is in Raleigh. Cameron is in Greenville. As we come to your calls, quick reminder... NC State is a worst of the weekend for what happened last Thursday night at Georgia Tech. Miami is a worst of the weekend because the Hurricanes, in their first year under Manny Diaz, actually had turned their season around and were in position to finish 8-4. and four, And that would be something you could sell to recruits. They have Duke as their regular season finale. They found their quarterback in the redshirt freshman, Jaron Williams. He set the Miami record with six touchdown passes in a single game. And after some early season growing pains, it seemed like Miami had righted the ship. Not so much when the Butch Davis-led Florida international team, remember that school is also based in the city of Miami. So you have the image of falling to a lesser conference opponent. You have the image of losing to a true crosstown rival. And you have the image of the wheels coming off the wagon late in the season rather than the momentum of an 8-4 and four finish in a better bowl game. Manny Diaz has some cleaning up to do after a 30-24 to 24 loss in Miami to Florida International. They had never before lost a game to FIU under any coach. The former Tar Heel leader, Butch Davis, former, remember, Miami head coach as well, got the victory with FIU over his former school, UM. Meanwhile, Oregon dropped from the national championship picture. The 9-1 and one Ducks fell at 5-5 five and five Arizona State. So shout out to Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils for getting that upset, 31-28, to 28, over a team that was number six in the national rankings. I circled three games for you on Friday. Ohio State, Penn State was worth watching. Buckeyes won 28-17. I told you Texas A&M was dangerous for the Georgia Bulldogs. It was indeed a close one. The Bulldogs did prevail 19-13 in a close. So now the Bulldogs are 10-1. and And remember, they were number four in last week's committee rankings. Assumedly, they will hold on to that. One, two, and three all won or did not play, remember. LSU just whacked Arkansas as expected. Ohio State gets the big win over Penn State. Clemson didn't play. They get the rival South Carolina Gamecocks this week in the regular season finale. As you look at this picture, and as we come to Cameron and Mike and Matt and others, 1-800-849-2761, if you like to see playoff caliber teams get text tested down the stretch, you just forget who has what left on their schedule, I have good news for you. LSU is 11-0. They finish with a pretty darn good Texas A&M team that just scared Georgia. And then they've got to deal with a one-loss Georgia team in the SEC title game. That is not an easy stretch run for the LSU Tigers, now 11-0. Similarly, Ohio State just played its toughest opponent of the entire season. 
beating Penn State, closest game the Buckeyes have played all year long. They finish with tricky matchups. They're at 9-2 and two Michigan with Jim Harbaugh wanting and needing to change the narrative about his time at his alma mater. They've done a lot of good things. They've had many 10-win seasons. They just have a hard time beating their rivals, and their most important rival, of course, is Ohio State. So it'll be the 11-0 Buckeyes visiting the 9-2 and Wolverines. Who's better? Ohio State. But the games at Michigan, they're kind of fighting for their lives and, to a degree, their coach's reputation. Even if the Buckeyes beat the Wolverines, as expected, they've got to deal with either Minnesota or Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. That is not a pushover. Just as LSU has a handful with the Georgia Bulldogs, Minnesota's 10-1 and right now. Wisconsin is 9-2 and two right now. I know the Buckeyes crushed the Badgers earlier this year, uh, but that's at least a quality opponent. Even the Clemson Tigers, yes, this is a lesser road to the Final Four, if you will, but the Clemson Tigers will get either 9-3 and three Virginia or 9-3 and three Virginia Tech. Last year's ACC Coastal Champion, remember, ended up being a 7-7 seven and seven football team. Now, that's embarrassing. 9-3 Virginia, which is what they would be if they beat the Hokies, or 9-3 Virginia Tech, that would be the Hokies' record if they beat the Cavs, as they, as they have done 15 times in a row. That's not an embarrassing opponent. LSU's got to deal with both Texas A&M and Georgia. Ohio State has to deal with both Michigan and either Minnesota or Wisconsin. Clemson has to deal with, yes, a lowly Gamecocks team. But remember, South Carolina beat Georgia in Athens, so they have that on their resume. And then a 9-3 and coastal champ, UVA or Virginia Tech. Georgia, number four right now, gets Georgia Tech this weekend. That's a lesser opponent, obviously. But they've got to deal with 11-0 and LSU in the SEC title game. Oklahoma gets... Oklahoma State, a rival on the road this week. The Sooners, one of the better one-loss resumes. Then they've got to deal with a rematch against a Baylor team that almost beat them in the regular season. That's not an easy finishing run either. Alabama's got to deal with a trip to Auburn this weekend with their backup quarterback in for Tua Tungavailoa. And Utah, still with one loss, has to deal with a 9-2 and Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship game. None of those, you know, Minnesota still has one loss. They've got to play Wisconsin this week and then Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. There is no easy road the rest of the way. Baylor still has one loss. If they keep winning, you know, they've got to deal with Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. All of those no-loss and one-loss resumes still have at least one potential headache and in some cases two remaining serious obstacles to get where they want to go and frankly you know that's the way it should be in any sport where you're trying to crown a champion the right way cameron welcome to best and worst of the weekend go right ahead hey dg uh i was going to give a shout out to best of the weekend uh ecu football team getting the elusive fourth win uh this fourth win's the first time since 2015 we've had more than three three wins and i think mike houston has done a great job in his first year with the uh, I guess you say lack of talent on both sides of the ball that ECU's had a problem with over the past few years and the inexperience that we have. And uh, going into this Saturday, we got a game against Tulsa, chance to get a five win. And Russell McNeil and Chip Holt, their first seasons as head coach East Carolina, they both went five and seven. So I think Mike Houston has done a great job this year. I think ECU football will be on the rise for the next few years. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my best of the weekend. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And Tulsa is 
not a good team this year, so I like the Pirates' chances of finishing uh, with that 5-7 and seven record you mentioned. Usually you don't get best of the weekend for beating lowly UConn, but I will give you credit for this. If you watched Mike Houston's ECU teams play in September, they were bad. They got annihilated by the Wolfpack. They got annihilated by Navy. Uh, they had to scrap past, you know, William and Mary, I think it was, when we were there with the big tailgate tour. They have lost a couple games lately, but they lost by three to a 9-1 and one Cincinnati team, or 10-1 and one Cincinnati now, right? They lost by a single possession to, like, a 9-2 and two SMU team. That's dramatic improvement from September to November. So nobody's going to put a smiley face, you know, on, on a win at UConn, 31-24. It's really that bigger picture and that progress that you mentioned compared to other first-year coaches. There is absolutely no doubt that Mike Houston, if he gets to 5-7, and seven, squeezed everything out of that team that it had to give. Because I agree with Cameron. It is not at all a quality roster. They found something offensively with Holton Ehlers after being rocky on that side of the ball early this year. So credit to him. The kids kept fighting, and they got dramatically better, especially on offense. 5-7 and seven in the general scope of things is not where you want to be. But when you inherit, inherit the headache of what Scotty Montgomery left behind, it's actually a pretty solid start for Mike Houston. And when you look at that guy's body of work at most, multiple coaching stops, uh, you have to be optimism, optimistic about the future of the Pirates. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers. Mac Brown, the head coach of the Carolina Tar Heels, for dropping by. Great guests all week long, some of them in the form of best of shows on Thanksgiving Day and the day after, as we wish you and yours a happy Thanksgiving and look forward to live shows tomorrow and Wednesday. Your TV options this evening include, of course, I think a great matchup to complete Week 12 in the NFL. The 8-2 Baltimore Ravens, led by the MVP candidate at quarterback Lamar Jackson, visit the L.A. Rams who need a win to stay in contention in the NFC. The Rams are 6-4 coming off of their Super Bowl year. Catch North Carolina's own Todd Gurley, of course at running back for L.A. The Hornets are playing again tonight at Miami, trying to get back on a winning track after losing twice over the weekend. A lot of college basketball on tap as well. Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Pitt, Kansas State, Arkansas, Georgia Tech. Kansas is out in Hawaii and takes on Chaminade. Ask Ralph Sampson and the 1980-something Virginia Cavaliers about the silver swords of Chaminade in college basketball. Thunder Warriors among your NBA options tonight as well. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.